Good day, everybody. This is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. January the 6th, 2017, at approximately 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a shooting took place at the Fort Lauderdale, Florida airport, which left five people dead, 13 wounded, and 37 injured. The shooter was identified as 26-year-old Esteban Santiago, who had just flown into Florida from Anchorage, Alaska. Santiago stopped at baggage claim to retrieve a gun that he had legally transported on his flight, headed to a bathroom where he loaded the weapon and then returned to the communal area where he began shooting. According to eyewitness Peter Cruz, we were walking up the ramp and just past the checking gate when all of a sudden everybody started running. I grabbed the kids and, and, and took off running down the ramp. I told the flight attendant to, to let us off the tarmac. We ran to hide behind some luggage carts. Eyewitness Mark Lee said, I was dodging bullets and trying to help people get out of the way. At first we thought it was firecrackers. Everyone started screaming and running. The shooter made his way down through baggage claim. He had what looked like a 9mm and emptied his entire clip. People were trying to run. He didn't say anything. He was quiet the whole time. Eyewitness John Schlischer said, It was very surreal. He did not say a word. All the people seemed to be shot in the head. He was shooting people that were down on the ground, too. Not too surprisingly, the airport itself is a gun-free zone, and Florida has banned concealed carry, leaving the law-abiding citizens nearly helpless to stop the shooter. I guess all they can hope for is eventually he's going to run out of bullets. Now, once Santiago ran out of ammunition, he reportedly got down on the floor, lying face down and spread-eagled, waiting for the police. Upon arrival, law enforcement took the suspect into custody, where he now faces federal charges. Early rumors suggested that an in-flight incident possibly led to this slaughter, but that is unconfirmed and the shooter's motive is disputed, although there are some signs... According to FBI Special Agent George Pirro, we have not ruled out terrorism. Now, born in New Jersey, Santiago is the child of two native Puerto Rican parents. They moved to Puerto Rico when he was two years old. Santiago was in possession of his U.S. military identification upon arrest and is a veteran of both the Alaska National Guard and the Puerto Rico National Guard from 2007 to 2016. Santiago was also deployed in the Iraq War from 2010 to 2011. The suspect was a private first class and combat engineer who received several medals for his service before being discharged for, quote, unsatisfactory performance, end quote, in August 2016. Uncle Hernando Rivera said, only thing I could tell you was when he came out of Iraq, he wasn't feeling too good. <laughs> he's, not, he's not evil, though, apparently. He's, he's just bad home training. Trademark Don Lemon. Six months after returning from Iraq, Santiago's father died. From 2014 to 2016, Santiago lived in Anchorage, Alaska, and his family reports he had been under a psychiatrist's care for an undisclosed condition.
In January 2016, Santiago was charged with fourth-degree assault and damage of property related to a domestic violence incident. According to News 7 Miami, the woman told officers he yelled at her to leave, strangled her, and smacked her on the side of the head, according to charging documents. A month later, municipal uh, prosecutors said he violated the conditions of his release when officers found him at her home during a routine check. I just find the legal system a little confusing by the by strangled her that that seems kind of death oriented to me but uh fourth degree assault all right santiago was due back in court in march related to the domestic violence incident and also has multiple traffic infractions on his record such as operating a motor vehicle without insurance in september 2016 a few short months ago santiago became a father having a child with his girlfriend. In November 2016, Santiago entered an Anchorage, Alaska FBI office and claimed that his mind was being controlled by a U.S. intelligence agency which had ordered him to watch videos from the Islamic State. According to ABC News, The official said he appeared incoherent and agitated, saying the U.S. government was trying to force him to watch ISIS videos. However, he said he didn't want to hurt anyone. Still, the FBI contacted local law enforcement, which, out of caution, had him medically evaluated. An investigation turned up no connections to any terrorist organization, and the veteran was eventually transferred to a mental hospital, where he stayed for approximately two weeks. Authorities are reportedly looking into Santiago's service record to determine if he was suffering from PTSD. According to his maternal aunt, Maria Ruiz, I know that right now he was working in security in Alaska, but about two months ago he was in the hospital. Something got to him. It looks like he lost his mind. He would say that he would see things. I don't know. So he went to the hospital. That's what I know. That's what the mother told me, who lives in Puerto Rico. Before that, he met a girl. He has a recently born baby with her. I talked to him after the baby was born. Everything was fine. He was happy with his baby. He sent me a photo, and then I didn't hear anything more. My entire family is in shock. He's a good kid. I thought it was a he's a good boy. Santiago's brother, Ryan Santiago, said, We have not talked for the past three weeks. That's a bit unusual. I'm in shock. He was a serious person. He was a normal person. He is a regular person, spiritual, a good person. Now, Charles C. Johnson and Got News report, quote, two email addresses are listed as belonging to Santiago, including naota33 at hotmail.com. I think that's an anime reference. A search of leaked databases using those emails returns this image of Esteban Santiago wearing a middle eastern kefia around his neck and doing a raised one-fingered common to members of the Islamic State and other Islamic terrorist groups. In 2007, again this has got news, in 2007 someone using the name Naota33, the same as Santiago's email, posted on an explosives and weapons forum on a thread about mass-downloading propaganda videos from Islamic terrorists. Naota33 comments that the first link is the only one that works, indicating he tried to download multiple videos of radical Islamic jihadist propaganda online. 
It should be noted that Got News, gotnews.com, were the first to successfully identify the shooter with many news outlets using the photograph they discovered without attribution or credit. News outlets have used black and white versions of the photo, cropping out the Islamic State hand signal, obscuring the race and ideology of the suspect. And uh, the suspect was even referred to as a white Hispanic by several leftists. Uh, I know the term black Hispanic uh, exists, but I've never myself seen it used in the mainstream media. And just imagine, just imagine if, if, if it was a white shooter and the mainstream media had darkened the picture to make him look Hispanic or, or, or Middle Eastern. I mean, those groups would, would scream bloody murder and, and organize boycotts and, and take to the airwaves and, and, and express their outrage and, and not without cause. Are you listening, everyone else? So when you were in a gun-free zone, clearly criminals know that it's a gun-free zone, which is kind of why they go there. Right way uh, back in the day, the um, movie theater shooter went out of his way to go to a, a movie theater that was a gun-free zone. They know that you're disarmed. They know that you're unable to fight back. So whenever you're in a gun-free zone, the government has made it a gun-free zone. And basically their statement is, no guns here. Don't worry. We'll protect you. And how's that going these days? Where was security? Where I mean, there's lots of people with weapons uh, working for the government, working for the airport, at the airport. We'll find out. I'm just not sure where they were. This guy had enough time to pull out a fairly lengthy, as far as I understand it, murder spree. Well, they say, don't worry, you don't need your guns. We'll protect you. How did that go? The war, the Iraq war. I mean, this guy, if he was related to downloading these jihadi videos in 2007, then... Clearly, he was radicalized before he went to uh, the war. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the war did not help. If you, as every reasonable person should, if you have sympathies for the victims of American imperialism, uh, if you've been radicalized before you go to Iraq, I think seeing the conditions on the ground in Iraq, and I've got a presentation on this channel called Iraq, A Decade of Hell, and went on television to talk about the information contained therein, um, it's going to further radicalize things. Uh, the U.S., uh, just in the uh, last year of Obama's presidency, has dropped well over 20,000 bombs around the world. And each one of those bombs kips, kicks up the shrapnel of human bodies and new human opponents to this kind of uh, uh, murder fest that is going on around the world. Now, here's another case as well with so many warning signs ahead of time. How did things get to this conclusion? How did this guy end up in Alaska, from New Jersey, from, from Puerto Rico, from Iraq? Where was his family? He was reportedly under the treatment of a psychiatrist. Was he on antidepressants or other psychotropic medications? And there are some indications that these kinds of medications can lead to homicidal fantasies, and they have been to some degree implicated in various shootings around the world. So, I mean, he walks into an FBI office claiming he's being mind-controlled by U.S. intelligence related to the Islamic State. And, uh, yeah, two weeks in a mental facility. Let's just let him go. And, um, sure, just take, take your weapons where, wherever you want to go. And this is something else, too. I mean, the mainstream media, the legacy media, as it's been called, is, is terrible. And, and they're not interested in bringing you the facts. They're interested in controlling the agenda, controlling the narrative. So Charles C. Johnson got news 
could find the image of Santiago giving the ISIS hand signal and his old terrorism-related or reportedly terrorism-related message board posts, why couldn't the mainstream media find this? It took them a day or so to find all of this. Why couldn't the FBI find all of this? Well, it's incompetence in the prevention and it's incompetence or malevolence in the the cover-up. I mean, this guy, arrested for domestic violence, violates the orders, put in a mental facility, he's got a new baby. He's hearing voices. He's, 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 he says he doesn't want to hurt anyone, but mind control is making him watch these jihadi videos. How does he fall through the cracks? He's got a big family. He's got an extended family. He's got, um, I assume, some kind of veterans' uh, contacts and so on. How does he fall through the cracks? It's hard to know. He goes and reports to the FBI these involvements. As long as we uh, look away, as long as we cross our fingers, as long as we allow the wounded among us to walk among us without intervention, as long as we cross our fingers and just hope that someone else is going to take care of the problem, it seems to me these things are very likely to uh, continue to happen. And um, we'll find out more in the days and weeks to come, what are the motivations, uh, what was going on uh, in the lead up to this. I can tell you this, I don't know exactly what we're going to find, but I can tell you this with virtual certainty. The truth and the reality is not going to come from anything to do with the mainstream media. It's going to come from places like God News. It's going to come from activists on Twitter. It's going to come from people who aren't tied into a mainstream narrative and who are actually interested in bringing you the facts rather than controlling the narrative for the sake of nefarious ends. This is Stefan Molyneux for Freedom Main Radio. Thank you so much for watching. Please, please help out the show, if you can, at freedomainradio.com slash donate.